could, um, grab your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 10, uh, we're just going to look at uh, something that we looked at last, um, last week, and we started, we started kind of talking about this armor of God, this, this, this thought of having, having armor on and being, um, standing strong, finishing strong. If you were here last week, you saw the video of the, um, the runner, the person who was running the race, and, and uh, out, of the, out of that, uh, video, you saw her fall down in a 600 meters, and yet she got up and didn't, not, not, didn't just finish the race. She won the race. And there's so many that we encouraged last week, no matter how the enemy has knocked you down, you are not out. Not if you have Jesus Christ. You're not out. To get back up and to keep running, that that, that victory uh, would be yours in him. And we want to encourage you with that. And it's amazing this week, just hearing the stories of how many people it said, you know, yeah, that, that's me. I'm in that spot. Well, the, the, the thought is that every single one of us is either in a battle right now. We've either just come through one or we're about to get into one, uh, that the enemy's going to be attacking your life all the time. And Paul says, hey, I want you guys to um, be ready for it. And I want you to realize that, that uh, it's coming. So be ready for it beforehand. And he says this in, in Ephesians 6 verse 10. He says, finally, my brothers, or a final word, or from now on, be strong in the Lord. Not in your own strength, but be strong. You have to be strong. Uh, he's not going to do that for you. You be strong, but be strong in him and in his mighty power. And put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We're fighting against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. So he's saying it's not against people. It's, uh, it's against spiritual things. He says, so therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. And he begins to talk about all this different armor. And so last week we talked about the ideas. He says, hey, have some armor on. Get some armor on. You're going to need it. But it's not necessarily the, the, the armor that you're thinking of. Uh, it's not physical armor. It's not like when we talk today about the belt of truth. It's not an actual belt. Uh, it doesn't look like this. It's not like, you know, uh, okay, I, I've heard people say this too. You know, in the morning, this is how, you know, every day you got to put on the armor of God. So in the morning you wake up and when you put on your belt, you just say, okay, now I'm putting on the belt of truth. And when you put on your hat, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. And when you put on your jacket, I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. And, and saying, you know, kind of going through this thing. Yeah, I'm putting my armor on. That's not what it means. Uh, it's also not this idea of, you know, this, this, this thoughts of, of, yeah, it's a belt, you know, of truth and kind of in competition with everyone else about who's going to know the most truth or who's got the rightest truth. And it's, it becomes like the, um, the biggest belt buckle competition. And you look like a whole bunch of, you know, Western cowboys with your ginormous belt buckles, you know, spiritual belt buckles, uh, just proud of how much you know. He says, that's not what it's about either. It's simply this idea of saying, hey, having girded yourself with truth. You're putting something on. You are definitely doing something, but this is what it is. Uh, uh, the idea is that you're intentional about putting truth into your life, intentional about living your life with, in truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, we looked at this last week, Paul talked to the Corinthian church and said, hey, the weapons that we have, they're not man-made, but they are powerful. And they're powerful for, for um, pulling down strongholds, thoughts that, you know, imaginations, thoughts that are against um, the, the knowledge of God. So if there's, you know, this, the knowledge of God, then there's other thoughts that are opposed to it. And Paul was saying that, that it's actually in others, that as we're, as we're sharing the gospels, we're sharing the good news about Jesus Christ and who he is, in other people, there's going to be this pushback 
this wall that says, ah, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I think God is like this, or I, I don't think there is a God. And there's those things. But, but what I've come to realize is that it's not only in other people that there's those thoughts and strongholds and belief systems about God. We have them in ourselves as well. And so the idea is the same thought, that there's armor that, that helps us not only deal with the, the belief systems around us, but the ones that we have ourselves. The things that we believe and, and the way we live our life um, out of that. This belt of truth is for tearing that stuff down. So he says to them, from now on, live a life of truth. Live a life of truth. From now on, you're going to need this. It's not something you have to put on every, every day. It should never come off. It's this idea of, of it's part of your life. In Ephesians 4 earlier, he said to them, hey, you know, now you know who Jesus is. Now you know who you are in Christ. Live differently as a result. So he said, if you're a liar, stop lying, is what he said to them. Stop, stop telling lies. Have you ever had to confess to telling a lie? No? Oh, I, I, just, I love going to the perfect church, you know? Uh, that, do, you, do you know that feeling when you get caught in a lie? Have you ever been there? It's like, I, I remember this happening to me. I was driving, um, driving down the road, and one of the people from our church, he's here today, he called me, and uh, I picked up the phone, and I was talking to him while I was driving. And partway through the conversation, he's, he asked me, he's like, are you driving? I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, uh, and he says, are you talking on your hand, on your, um, uh, on your phone? Uh, like on the, the handset? I was like, uh, uh, he's like, do you have a Bluetooth? I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, and, and, and I didn't, right? And I'm like, I'm thinking he's, he's a pretty spiritual guy. He's new to the church, you know, I'm like, I, I don't want him to think that I'm breaking the law. So, so I lied. Uh, and then, you know, shortly after that, I quickly ended the conversation. I was very convicted. And so we began driving. And uh, as I was driving, all of a sudden, I, um, I, I realized, man, that, that feeling of, I just lied to somebody. Just came over me. I was like, oh, I got, I got to make this right. So I waited until I got home, and I was out of my vehicle, and I called him back, and I said, you know, I, I, I thought, oh, man, there's got to be a way around this. I thought, you know, how do I, like, even, I checked in the mirror to see if, like, one of my tooth might be blue from a popsicle or something, that I say, yeah, I have a blue tooth, but there was no way I could justify this at all that I had not told him the truth. So I, I called him back. I was like, yeah, you know when I was telling you, you know, in our last conversation? Well, well, I didn't. I, I, I lied to you. And he's like, oh, he's like, hey, you know, no problem. We'll still be there on Sunday next week. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. You're like, no, you don't want, you never want to have that thought that, you know, the people in your congregation think, oh, that guy's just a liar. I'm not going to believe anything he says. There's this, this weight on me, but I was like that feeling of, oh, uh, it, it's not a good feeling, especially when you get caught. Um, the other thought is that, you know, it's never a good feeling when you find out that you've been lied to. Do you know that feeling? For some of you, it's like when you found out, I saw someone last night said, yeah, I remember that. It's when I found out Santa Claus wasn't real, you know, <laughs> or, the, or the tooth fairy. And I'm like, yeah, and he's like 18, you know. So, um, but finding, finding that out and uh, it's like, oh, I was lied to. Um, but for some, it's way, way more serious than that. For some, it's like, you know, in your relationships, you find out you've been cheated on, or you find out that the person that you're married to is not who you thought they were, and you think, oh, man. That feeling in, in your gut that's just like, oh, I've been, I've been lied to. It, it's a terrible feeling. This morning, there's going to be some of, those, some of those thoughts where you might feel as we're talking through, it's like, ugh, I get that feeling inside, like, ugh, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, I want to promise you that that may happen, but I'll promise you we'll bring it back to happy places at the end. Uh, to, uh, but as we're going through that, allowing Holy Spirit to just kind of do those gut checks in you for, um, for your good. Um, you know, Paul was saying this, people are going to lie to you. 
realize you need armor on. In this, in this day and age, people, you know, and you've had people lie to you. Uh, the politicians, we just had an election. You'll have, you'll have uh, people lying to you. Salesmen will lie to you. Um, your, your friends will lie to you. Commercials will lie to you. The devil will lie to you. And guess who else lies to you? You. You will lie to yourself even. And that's why Paul is saying, you need to have this armor on. You need to have this armor of truth on the inside because you're living in dangerous times. If you don't have it, you're going you're going to be, uh, you're, you're going to be taken down when the, when the battle happens. So a couple things about truth. If you're taking some notes, here's one of them. Truth helps you to recognize your enemy. It's why you need the armor of truth on. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said to the people there, he says, um, they, they had been talking about, how, you know, we, we embrace truth, Jesus, and you're not it. And he said, you know what, if you, if you did embrace truth, you would know that I'm the truth. But he says, you know what, you're, you're, um, he says, you're, you're of your father, the devil. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. And that's why you don't, you know, you're believing the lies instead of believing the truth that's right here in front of you. I've heard, you know, at conferences where people yell that at the crowd, you're of their father, the devil, you know, come accept Jesus Christ. And it's not really why he was saying this at all. He was just simply saying, listen, truth exposes what's untrue and exposes the lie. But you know what's so crazy? He had said, hey, stand against the wiles, the clever trickery of the devil, because he's clever. When he, when he lies, you know, the greatest lies are mostly true. So he's saying you need to have something on inside that says, wait a second, yeah, that's true, and whoa, whoa, no, that's not. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? What did God say to Adam and Eve in the garden? He said, you can eat from any tree in this garden, but don't touch that one. And so when the enemy comes, he doesn't tell them, hey, you should eat that fruit. He says things like this, hey, did God really say does, does the word really say that you can't do that? It's just this thing of kind of saying, hey, you know what, let's just put a little bit of doubt there. And they, and they, they uh, fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. And the rest, the rest of humanity has been changed because of that. And, and um, we realize that, you know, that, that, that uh, lies, they can be veiled in so much truth that you, that you miss them. And Paul's saying, listen, this is a battle. You've got to have some armor on that recognizes that. Uh, one guy once shared with me, said, hey, you know, if I, if I baked you a dozen cookies, and I told you, you know, here's a dozen cookies, and maybe, maybe um, while I was baking them, you know, a, a little piece of cat poop fell in the mix. He says, and here, I know, he says, so here's the dozen cookies. Would you eat them? Why not? Eleven of the cookies are probably safe. Would you eat them? No, of course you wouldn't, because there's that, that thought of, wait a second, there's something in this that just isn't right. And he's saying that the, that same thought, that we need something on the inside that says, yeah, that all sounds true, but there's that something that just isn't right. He says, you got to have that armor of truth on uh, in your life, because there's thoughts. You know, the battlefield, it's right between your ears. The battlefield, especially when it comes to truth, is happening in your mind all the time. Do you realize that right now you're thinking a whole bunch of thoughts? Thoughts are flooding through your mind, and certain things are putting them there. One is either, you know, God could be putting thoughts in your mind right now that you have a chance to think about. Um, yourself, you could be putting thoughts in your mind that you have a chance to think about. And the devil can be like dropping little thoughts in your mind, whether it's him or his enemies. It's probably not him, but his enemies dropping little thoughts in your mind that you begin to think about and dwell on. And guess what? The Bible just says clearly, hey, he's out to destroy you. So when he's putting thoughts in your head that you dwell on, it's for your destruction. You know, the devil works in the same way every time. If, if you're honest and you look back at the last time you sinned, you know, maybe that was months and months ago, but just try and go back with me to that, to that time and, and think about it. If you think about that, the devil always works with this. You can take this to the bank. Every single time that you're going to go through uh, a temptation from him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to involve the, the three letters TLC. Not the show, not the, the singers, not tender, loving care, but remember this, TLC. Every time he's going to start with this, he's going to tempt you. 
T is for, for the tempt. He's going to show you something say, ah, that looks pretty good. Yeah, I kind of want that. And this idea of once he's got you looking at something that you want, then all of a sudden L comes in. He begins to lie and say, hey, you know what? You, you have that, usually after the tempting, it's this thought that goes on, well, I don't know if that's probably what I should be doing. I don't really know if that's right for me. And then the lie comes. It's like, yeah, you know, it's not really going to hurt that bad. Yeah, you, you can afford that. You really can. You know, um, yeah, it, it might look a little bit shady, but no, it's, you, you're not going to get caught. And the lie comes in, and then the last thing is, is the C, which is for condemn. Because as soon as you do it, he pours on condemnation, guilt. That's why so many believers and Christians who, who, who uh, it says, when they face that, that trial, when they face that time, they're standing in that place, and it's like, oh, they fall for the, the tempting, they believe the lie, and then all of a sudden, guilt and condemnation gets poured on. I feel like, I'm such a dirty, rotten person. I'm such a bad, but how could God love me? How could God care about me at all? And they begin to go through that, and it becomes a, a cycle. And he's saying, hey, realize that because our culture, so let me say it this way, our culture is ruled by the enemy. It happens to you every single day, this whole idea of bait and switch. Our culture does that to us. This, this, uh, this, um, you guys familiar with what bait and switch is? Bait and switch is when, you're, um, when your cell phone company calls you and says, hey, you can have a brand new phone. It's only going to cost you, you know, $9.99 for 60 gigabytes of data and unlimited talk and text, all for $9.99 a month. And you're like, that's awesome. Then you go there and they're like, yep, just sign here, $9.99 a month for the first month. And then it's $99.99 a month after that. You're like, what? What happened here? I just drove all the way to Hamilton to sign this, you know, bogus deal. What they, they bait you, and then they switch. In fishing, it's the same idea. Uh, with fishing, you know, it's like that delicious bass right there. Goes after the bait. I know. And it's like, they think, oh, man, that, that's going to be awesome. That's going to taste delicious. And as soon as they bite it, what's next? The hook. It's like, wait a second. This wasn't what I thought it was. And it happens all the time in our culture. You know, the, the enemy baits you to buy to spend, to incur debt, to keep up with the Joneses, whatever it is, to buy all those, you know, those toys and things, and then shuns you. Our culture baits you right to the edge, but then it shuns you. You declare bankruptcy. It's like this thing of like, oh yeah, we can't lend you money for seven. How could you be so crazy? Uh, You know, of course you're not supposed to actually do all that. Baits you to the edge and then shuns you. For girls, I see it so often, baiting you with our culture to say, hey, you know what? You should, you know, dress revealingly. Try and be and look sexy, you know? On the, on the movies, it's all about, um, you know, every, every, uh, every movie, they're sleeping together at some point, you know, and they've just had a couple dates, but they know it's love. So they bait you to live that way until you actually do. And then what happens? Then they start looking at you, and all of a sudden the word's like, slut, you know, and these things of, they, they shun you because you went down a road that they baited you to go down. Our own culture does it to, to us. You know, the, the, the things of, hey, you know what, have that, have that uh, one beer, be cool, you know, um, become the life of the party. And then once you kind of go down that road a little bit farther, then they shun you, <laughs> alcoholic. Our own culture says the things of, hey, you know what, have that one cigarette to just kind of fit in, you know, and then have another. And then as you go down that, then they shun you and they put you in places where you're not allowed to smoke, you know, in certain spots because you're those people. Our culture does it to us. And it's like this whole idea of the bait, the bait, and the switch. It's happening all the time. And I'm saying, you know, Paul's saying, you live in this culture. He says, be ready and have that armor on. We need something on the inside up here that tests the thoughts that are going through our mind all the time. Saying things like this, wearing the belt of truth is this idea of the thoughts coming into your mind. You're like, yep, that's true. No, 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 that's, no, that's not God. That's not true. Yes, that's true. Yes, I'm going to believe and I'm going to think on those things. That's what it means to actually wear the belt of truth. You can't believe 
most of what you read, most of what you hear, or most of what you even think. Did you know that? You can't believe even the stuff that you're thinking about. Um, the shopping channel is proof. For those of you who know, you know, it's those ideas. If you buy this, your life will be so much different tomorrow. Uh, how many of you recognize? Hey, we're going to do a little thing. Tell me if you recognize any of these. What, anybody know what that is? The ab hanser. Without working out, you just wear this thing. It creates instant abs under your t-shirt until you take it off and everybody knows they're fake. The ab hanser. Anybody know what this is? Seen that at a yard sale lately? I know people who bought this. The ab flex. You know, it's like just for five minutes a day, you can have these rock hard abs like this, this guy they show. Anybody know what this is? How do you... How do you men know what that is? The, the thigh master, you know, just like, you know, the, the whole thing of if you just take this, you can, you can have this. It, it's, it's all lies. You know, we, we see it all the time. The beer commercials, drink this beer, you can date the Swedish bikini team, right? Like that, that thought of, uh, it's, it's, it's just so, so foreign, yet we see it all the time. One you probably, many of you may use each and every single day is this one. Facebook. You know, that. I don't get offended. I'm not going to slam Facebook. It's okay. But everyone has, you know, these awesome lives on Facebook. They post all their best things. When they look the best, that's going up there. You know, when, uh, when they're hanging out at a party and they're with all their friends, that's going up there. They never post when they're sitting alone home, bored, out of their mind, you know. They never post that. Uh, it's always this thing, but yet we look at it and we're like, oh, they're so much cooler than me. Oh, they have so many more, so much more stuff than I do. Oh, their life just seems so awesome like we saw in the video earlier. And we th- those thoughts begin to go through our mind. I want that. I, I got to have that. You know, proof that Facebook isn't, isn't genuine is they have to have these things, these challenges where, hey, post yourself without makeup for one day, you know. Show us who you really are. There's this idea that it's always going on around you, and it, it can challenge your thoughts. And you think, you got to have truth on. You've got to have the armor of truth. You might have friends that are sharing thoughts with you, and maybe they have your best interest in mind, but what they're sharing isn't truth. You can't always believe what they're telling you. And you, you can't always believe everything that you're telling yourself. Because the Bible says our heart's deceitful. It'll lie to us. It will tell us that we want something, and then it switches. Um, there's this thing that they talk about a lot of times in, in, in psychology. is this idea of self-talk. They, that's what they describe it as. There's self-talk. And the majority of it, self-talk is that conversation you're having with yourself all the time. Hey, should I do that? Should I not? Oh, you know what are they thinking of me? Oh, you know. It, most of it is negative. Most of it's based in fear fears. Like the acronym is false evidence appearing real. It's this, it's this idea of faith kind of backwards. You're believing the worst is going to happen. That's kind of going on through your head. It's like, you know, when the flu bug goes around, I don't know. I, I, this is how it works for me. The flu bug goes around. Somebody has the flu, and if I'm at their house and I find out, it's like all of a sudden the thoughts of like, I'm going to get it. You know, I, I think I have it already. Like, I'm, I'm feeling a little ill. You know, my stomach feels like, oh, you know, yeah, my throat's like constricting. I knew it. I knew it. How come you didn't tell me your kids had the flu? I'm, I'm feeling sick already. What is it? You can make yourself sick just simply by, by the, the thought process that you allow going on through your mind. The belt of truth says, you know what? Hold on a second. No, that's not true. No, that's, no. That, those thoughts are not uh, of God, and it rips them out. Um, you know, it, it happens all the time. It, it happens to me when I'm up here. I see you guys sometimes in that glazed look in your eyes, and I'm like, sometimes it's like that thought of, ah, do they like me? You know, like, are, are they getting this? I wonder what they think. I wonder what they're going to talk about over lunch later. 
Uh, you know, there's new people here today. I wonder if they like me. I, I wonder if they're going to come back. You know, will they, will they? And I start thinking, you know what? Yeah, I think, yeah, you guys are thinking, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's, uh, he cheers for the Netherlands, but that's okay. At least he's sincere. You know, I believe he's telling the truth up there. Yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, I'm going to come back. You know, I, I, can, I can see that in your thoughts. Um, uh, but, but you come here and you're like, oh, that person's, you know, that person's prettier than me. Or that person, you know, they're, wow, they're definitely looking down on me. Yeah, that person's thinking this about me. And it goes through our heads. The problem with not wearing the belt of truth in our mind is that it eventually and pretty quickly starts coming out through our mouth. And then you begin to speak certain things. And the Bible says real clearly the power of life and death are in your tongue. What you begin to speak, it becomes your reality. It's this thing that, that happens in your life. We see, you know, oh, that's just positive thinking, Mark. No, see, the Bible is where that all came from. This idea of speaking what you believe uh, and, and saying those things out. See, people say the craziest things. They say, I hear stuff, and I'm just like, oh, man. People say things like, I, you know, I deserve this. You know, it's like they'll buy something, like they'll buy a house they can't afford, and they're saying, you know what, I, I just, we never had a nice house, you know, uh, I'm still making the same amount of money, but we deserve this house that they can't afford. God would want me to be happy. He's going to help me find the payments. And they've had to sell their house. You know, there's the, this thoughts of, you know, that they really feel like that's what's true, but they throw um, caution to the wind. There's people who say things like, oh, God told me this. And that happens, and I know that there's some, you know, we're, we're uh, the, the, the idea of beginning to, to just learn how to speak over one another's lives, but you better be really, really careful when you say, hey, God told me this, that it was God telling you this. Sometimes we have these ideas in our head that we think something, so, so we're going we're gonna to tell it. Can I tell you something? If, if somebody says, hey, God, God told me this, let me just tell you that God will never, ever, 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 you got it? Ever? say anything that's contrary to what you find in his word. Ever. If someone comes up to you and they're spiritual in the church and they say something to you and it doesn't line up with the word, it is not. God will never tell you to date someone who's not a follower of Jesus Christ. Ever. God's not going to tell you to, you know, um, marry someone who's uh, not a follower of Jesus Christ. He's just not ever going to do that. He said, hey, that's not, it's not how it goes. But there's sometimes these people like, oh, you know, God, God told me. That it, it's, this, it's this thing, you know, thinking out, outside the box. Do you realize that God's never going to tell you to buy something that you really, can't, um, you really can't afford? You know, that thing? He's just not. He just doesn't move that way. And I think that sometimes we're like, oh, God, I want you to speak to me. He wants to speak to you. We're going to see in a quick minute how he does that. People often throw wisdom to the wind and forget that God wrote Proverbs. He says, hey, listen, these are some of the things that I've, that I've talked about. It's why we need truth in our lives. You know, I hear people, they come to this church and like, people are judging me here. You know, they judge me. They look down on me. I just feel that. I don't feel welcome here anymore. I'm like, really? At the church that says we love, we accept, we forgive, and we encourage? That's who we are? It's this thought of, nah, yeah, they, they, they're kind of um, looking, you know, they're looking down on me. You know what? That, it's that self-talk on the inside. It's just not true. It's just simply not true. Uh, even if we just go to the basic thing of most people here are just thinking about themselves, uh, that's kind of our selfish thing. That means that they're probably not thinking all about you. Their whole idea, I had one guy who came in, he's like, yeah, I, says, I got in. I was going to sneak in right after the music, you know, right at the end so I didn't have to sing. And he says, then you, you guys stopped singing early, and there I am. I'm like, I do I walk in? Do I walk out? If I walk out, they're going to think this. If I walk in, they're going to know I'm late. Uh, and he didn't know what to do. He's like, I just kind of looked and saw my, where my friends were. I was like, oh, no, there's no seats there. I'm just going to sneak right in the back seat. And he booked it as soon as it was over. 
over, so nobody would know. And I saw him this week. I was like, hey, I saw you at church. He's like, you did? And he was like, this thing of like fear in his eyes, like he had done something, to, you know, tragically wrong. I'm like, that's that self-talk going on. It's like, I'm never going back there again. What if that happens again? That thought, he's like, that's going on in all of our minds. He says, you need to have some truth on the inside. Why? Because truth helps you recognize the enemy too. Truth affects you inside and out. Psalm 51, verse 6, um, it says that God desires truth in our inward parts, that we would be true to ourselves, that there'd be this idea of we live our lives based on, based on truth, that there's character in us. There's an incredible unhappiness in believers and followers of Jesus Christ who are not true to themselves. They don't have that, that sense of truth um, on the inside that governs their life. You begin to believe lies. You begin to believe your own lies. You make decisions out of those lies, and you're like wondering, why is this not working for me? He's saying, armor up. Get some truth on in, in your life. Um, truth affects you on the outside. As a kid, you learned that from this story. Remember that? Every time Pinocchio lies, you know, his nose would begin to grow. And you're like, oh, there's outward proof, outward evidence. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great if we just had that in our lives? That if we know we were believing a lie, our nose would grow. We're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. That's not true. You know, that's what, that, that's what he's saying is that, that it affects us outside as well. How does it affect outside? It affects outside in relationships, and this is something so, so key. Relationships are built on trust. Relationships are built on truth. So I want to encourage you, especially if you're married, make honesty a priority in your marriage. Intentionally make honesty a priority. Wow, what they don't know won't hurt them. They can't handle the truth. You know, it might hurt them if they knew what was really going on. It might hurt them. But can I tell you this? It's already hurting you guys. If there's, if there's dishonesty, if there's this, this thing of not having truth in, in your relationship, it's already hurting you. It's just, gonna, it's just a matter of time before it breaks it down. I would encourage you to have truth, saying, you know what? I'm wearing the belt of truth. Yes, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to speak it in love. But I'm going to have honesty for the sake of, of I'm going to do what it says. I'm going to live my life with truth. The last thought is this. Truth is the key to freedom. Why is truth so important? John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said to them, he says, um, you know, I'm, he, he says, if you remain in my word, let me, actually, let me read this for you, because I want you to see this. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you know, that's believers. If you don't believe in Jesus, he's not saying this to you, so, but he's saying it to, to those who say, yeah, I'm a believer. It says, you are truly my disciples. That word, we're going to look at that in a couple of weeks, but it's this idea of, you're my follower. You're not just a fan. You're like in this. Your life is in this. He says, if you remain faithful to my teachings, in some translations, it simply says, if you stay in my word. And then he says, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um, Jesus has said, you know, it's this idea of, of um, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a true follower if you stay in the word. Uh, there's so many people who call themselves Christians, and they never crack open their Bible, ever. Those are the ones who I see, and I get to hear them. They're going through, like, hell on earth, and I'll ask them, hey, you know, how's the, how's the time, you know, what are you learning from the word? Ah, yeah, I don't really read it that much. I want to encourage you that part of this idea of putting the belt of truth on is that you, you, you say, I'm getting the word um, into my life. I'm living my life based on that. Those, it's, the word he says, you know, you'll know the truth. It's like you'll continue to know it. You'll be living knowing the truth so that when the enemy comes to tempt you, you're like, I already know what's true. That's why, you know, the reason the truth sets people free is because when the TLC comes in, the temptation comes in, and it's still there. Every believer still gets tempted. But the second part, when the lie comes, guess what's right there? The belt of truth. 
says exposes. No, that's a lie. I'm, I'm not going that way. The truth says, you know, this isn't what God wants for me. That's not going to deliver what it promises. I don't need to do that to be loved and accepted. I'm already loved and accepted. Those images on that screen, they're not going to satisfy me. That, that bottle, that drug, that whatever it is, it's not going to actually fix my problems. The temptation that says, you know, it just punch that person in the face. Let that anger out. You get that thing that says, wait, no, that's not actually going to solve anything. The truth comes through. And so people who, who go in a cycle of, of sin, it's, it's, uh, the, the key to it is this idea of bring truth in. It will break that in your life. I know it firsthand. He's saying, armor on. So he's saying, have truth in your life. Well, we, I shared the biggest chunk of that just to share the last little bit in this short time is how to do it. Why? Because I think if every one of us says, yeah, I can identify with that. Yeah, I need truth in my life for this reason. Paul says to them, armor on. How do you do it? Philippians 4, verse 8. He says simply this. Fix your mind. Fix your thoughts on what is true. On what's lovely and what's good report. He says, fix your thoughts on that. It's again this thing in your head where it's intentionally, I'm going to think about things that are true. I'm going to set my mind like concrete on this is true. His word is true. Whatever else comes along, it's just simply not true. Truth so important to God. In John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the truth. You want to know what truth looks like? Just study the Gospels. Read through. I'm doing it again, just reading slowly through the book of John right now and seeing this is who Jesus is. Um, this is who God is. This is what truth looks like. John 16, verse 13, he says, Holy Spirit is going to lead you into all truth. You got him on your side. Saying, you know, asking, praying, Holy Spirit, would you teach me truth? He desires to do that. In John 17, verse 17, Jesus prayed for you. In the garden, he says, I'm praying for everyone, every person who's ever going to follow me. It's like, I pray, God, that you would cleanse them with your truth because your word is truth. You know, his word, why is it so important that we're in it? It's because it is truth. It's, the, it's actually how you're putting on the belt of truth. It's not put on by a prayer. It's put on by saying, I'm putting truth into my life, actively, intentionally getting to know God. How do I do it? I'd encourage you, if you know, if you're, especially if you're a woman here, to say, you know, I'm going to go check out that Jen Hatmaker series on um, pulling the thread, the thing that we just looked at earlier, that video, saying, finding one person, say, hey, I want to, you want to do this Bible study with me? And learning and growing together and, on who God is. Maybe for guys, it's like, yeah, I'm going to find one guy who's willing to do, you know, a, a Bible study with me. Let's just, let's just learn and grow together. And then the last thought is this, stand on that truth. When the, when the battle comes, when the temptation comes, when the day of evil comes, stand on that truth. Hold to that truth that says, yeah, when the, when the temptation comes and the lie's there and the truth is there, choose truth. I'll leave you with this. Shared this last night, and afterwards people came up and kind of asked me about it. But these are the thoughts, these are the lies, a lot of them, that I believe that I've seen the change happen in my own life is this. Because the enemy will put thoughts like this in your life, that your past defines you. Your past is determining your future, where the truth is that I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. The old things, they're dead. They are dead in Christ. All things have become new. You lose. You know what? You're a dirty, rotten sinner. No, wait a second. Truth says I am righteous, not because of my behavior, not because of my past, but because of who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm righteous right now, today, because of him. You lose. You're worthless. No, I'm not. I'm his child. I'm in his family. I am incredibly loved. I am forgiven. He says in Ephesians, I'm his masterpiece that he's still working on. He's not finished with yet. I am not worthless. You lose. God doesn't really love you anymore. There's absolutely nothing, he says. Not death, not life, not angels, not principalities, not, not any demonic thing, no power, no nothing can separate me from his love. He simply loves me. That's true. You lose.
You'll always be an addict. Truth. I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. You know, there's um, the thoughts, you're too scared. You're way too scared to ever do that. Too scared to ever try that. You know, God has never given me a spirit of fear. He's given me his Holy Spirit, which is love, power, and a sound mind. You lose. The battle is happening all the time. You know, this thought, and I think this one could be common for all of us, is you're never going to make it through this storm in your life. You are not coming out of this one. And Paul said it to the Philippians. He said, you know what? I've learned what it's like to be hungry and well-fed. I've learned what it's like to be rich and to be poor. I've learned what it's like to struggle through hardships and to have mountaintop experiences. And in all of that, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Truth. So what do you believe in today? Have you armored up? Um, I had a friend last night who's, you know, it's just amazing. He's here today and thank, uh, thankful for that. He's, um, he worked in the mines there. They had somebody go down this week. And uh, he said, you know, he heard the call and rushed over there to, to help. And he realized he started to, you know, to do CPR on this person. And he said at first, I'm like, the thoughts in my mind are like, ah, this is crazy. But then he says, it's all that mine train, the mine rescue training. He says, I've been going through this for months and, and years, learning about what to do. He says, that just kicked in right then and there. And his life was saved. He saved a life this week. Why? Because he said, I'd put all that. He says, God had kind of even showed me that I was putting that armor on then so I could have it when I needed it now. You are going to face a battle. You are going to face lies this week. He's just saying, armor on. Put that armor on. Decide, I'm going to live my life for truth. No one gets to decide that but you. You're going to, the, the, the truth is you're going to face a battle, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, soon. You got the choice today to say how you're going to face that. It's either going to be, no, I'm wearing the belt of truth. I've been putting that in my life. Or you're going to face it and, and, and like all the other times, just be absolutely destroyed. Paul's saying, come on, Kingsway, put the armor of God on. Put it all on because you need it. From now on, live like this. Live a life of truth. Can we pray? Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it is alive, that it's powerful. It's not what I've said, but, but your word is alive and powerful. I pray today that it would be like seeds in the hearts of every person here. The things that you've dropped in their lives that you are speaking to them. That as they, as they take that and as they think about that and ponder that, as they put truth into your life, I pray, God, that they'd see the power that they see the change in their life as a result. I, I thank you for the uh, change that you've brought in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and giving your life for us so we could actually have life and have forgiveness and have the chance to live differently, have the chance to fight and to win. God, I pray for every person here today, especially those who are right in the heat and thick of battle and are thinking of giving up. Father, I pray that by your Spirit you would lead and direct them to the truth that they need for this battle right now. And I pray that you inspire them to put on this belt of truth in their lives, that they might live their lives out of it, that theirs and others around them would see the blessings of living a life of truth. God, I pray for every person here that, that your presence would uh, continue just to surround them and, and that your joy and your hope and your life and your love would fill their hearts and their homes. Uh, may we be a light that shines bright for you. Thanks for this awesome day that we have to en enjoy. Uh, may we live it to your glory. In your name we pray. Amen.